Let me just eliminate all of the white noise for They're you. They're counting on you not understanding what this is all about. They want to create conflict. They want to create this chaos. They want you to be stupid. This is the Conservative Daily Podcast with Joe Waldman. Yeah, I'm a threat because I'm telling you what the Constitution says. And Max McGuire. The flak is the heaviest when the bomber is right above the target about to open the bomb bay doors. And now the Conservative Daily Podcast is on the air. Welcome back to another edition of the Conservative Daily Podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Hey, can we fix this so I'm not so short? Well, you got you got to come in and you got to sound check and video. Hey, check. listen, listen, listen! I I don't want to hear it. Some of us, some of us have to go from meeting to meeting to meeting. I was working on this morning, working on the Patriot Ranch. Um, so we've been trying to get that done. I went and met with some pretty amazing people um, over the last couple of days about filling the gap. And uh, so yeah, pretty uh, pretty cool timing. Well, we have a guest on mr david martin so why don't we bring on our guest for the show today impressive welcome on impressive dr guest. david martin phd Hello, in everybody. sports medicine david welcome thank you so much good to be here and david you live in virginia is that right you live in virginia uh we do indeed uh my wife and i live here in charlottesville virginia and i've i've lived here for the majority of the last 25 years with a little couple of year getaway in australia where where uh, we spent a couple of years in New South Wales and Victoria. So the so formerly say, known as Australia, now the people's, the people's Republic of Australia, uh, apparently. Um, yes. Yeah, so say my go. condolences for Virginia now, or is Virginia on its way back up? What's the, you what's know, the protocol now? You, you know, we, we have uh, obviously Terry McAuliffe, who has decided that he is going to, um, to try to, to see how left he can take this state. I think the good news is there's enough people here in Virginia that um, have have at least two shekels to rub together to make enough smarts to to warm their brains a little bit. And and I think that we've got a shot at getting Yonkin to um, to make a play. I mean, you know, obviously this this is a situation where Terry McAuliffe has been nothing but a disaster. He has been a pure hack for, you know, kind of the left side of Biden. If there is a left side of Biden, you know, if it's there, he's got it. And, um, you know, we'll see. But but it does look like even the national polls are starting to pretend like, you know, maybe maybe McAuliffe is is uh, is in jeopardy, which would be a great piece of news for the Virginia and a great piece of news for the United States. So what? Well, well, so people are. Go ahead, People are Max. wondering the reason that Terry McAuliffe is running again is in Virginia. The governor cannot run for cannot be in office two terms in a row. So That's McAuliffe correct. used to be governor. Then they yep. had Northam, blackface Northam. And now McAuliffe wants to come back. And I guess they're going to keep alternating. Um, McAuliffe was big with the Clintons, obviously, um, big with the Obama, the Obama crew. Uh, so he's yeah. about as left as they go. Go ahead, Joe. Well, I mean, you know, I was born in Winchester, Virginia, grew up in Washington, D.C., spent 20, my first 21 years of my life there and left there as quickly as I possibly could um, after school. So I, I will tell you, it is uh, it is not the same place as it was when I grew up at all. I mean, oh, it was no, bad in D.C., no, no. but Virginia yeah. was the, the yeah. semblance of of of, uh, you know, just good old American people. It was a, it was a very well. 
and and Joe, you were on the right side of the mountains. I mean, you know, the the eighty one side of the mountain, the the west side of the Blue Ridge Mountains is where kind of the salt of the earth of Virginia live. I mean, they're South Virginia, down down in the southern part of the fifth district, which is the district I'm in. Um, you know, Danville and Lynchburg and and areas down to the North Carolina border. They're just salt of the earth people who are who are good, hardworking. You know good good people farmers and 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 people in industry and people in logistics people making america work and unfortunately on the other side of the blue ridge you know once you get in the greater northern virginia metro dc area what you've got is government contractors who are on the take so you know it, yeah. it it's two different worlds there's there is virginia and then there's the northern virginia um and and obviously the the base for somebody like a uh like a McAuliffe is is Northern Virginia and the federal contracting base that goes down to Newport News. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a different it is a different place. You're right. But the good news is on the other side of the mountain, you know, the 81 corridor is still still just good old school American. Good you know, people. Kind of Hard American working values, people. Good people. Um, great, great value people. Well, the, the there's some I have some good friends there. Leon Benjamin, who ran for. Uh, uh, whenever Congress this last time had his election stolen by these election machines. I don't want to talk to you about that. That's not why we have you on. But I will tell you that um, there, there's a big push and, and there's there's actually a little bit of kind of a, a rattling happening right now between both of the candidates, both Democrat and Republican, because of what they've said about children and the fact that yeah. parents, both of them agreed that the parents should not have a say in what the school system teaches um, your kids. And I find that disturbing. I find it disgusting. And that means that you basically are an incubator for their next weapon or their next that's exactly generation. Right. That is, so, that's exactly right. And well, yeah, we, the, the good news is this is this is a system that is overplaying its hand. It's making every reach it can. And the good news is when you see desperation, you know that its days are numbered. Yeah, well, I think that we have to get the men to stand up. I mean, I'll tell you, uh, you were in Australia, and what, what's happening in Australia is just sickening. But it's also encouraging that those are the things that should be happening on, on the streets of the U.S., not in Australia. Um, these people are taking rubber bullets to the back and the head. Um, there's been a couple of deaths as a result of um, this crackdown on people wanting to have their freedoms. And there are tens of thousands of people in the street. That's not happening here because most of our men yeah. have been, I'll, I'll say it, and, and you can tell me whether I'm right or wrong from your opinion, but that we've been demasculated to the point where we think that our, our families, our wives, and our, our kids want us to bring home the bread when in actuality they want us to protect us longer than just the next five minutes, five days, five hours, or five months. Um, they, they really want us to stand up and, and take back our communities and, and bring some semblance of, of ethical and moral value to it, in my opinion. Well, I think we've seen this happen over the last two decades where men who are allegedly intelligent and sensitive are supposed to become effeminate. And the fact of the matter is that has never been anything other than the controlled demolition of people who have the capacity to have a backbone to stand up and actually stand for something that's right. Um, you know, I, I as a as a father of of two and now a stepfather of a beautiful teenager who's, who's uh, the one I inherited with him. Um, you know, I will tell you that my kids have always known that if it comes down to it, their father will always stand for what's right, period. Full stop, that's it. 
And, you know, whether that was, you know, conflict regions around the world, whether that was white collar crime in the early 2000s when we were leading investigations in the Treasury Department, kind of no matter what it was, I mean, at the end of the day, they knew that my love for them was in fact my ability to stand for a world that's worth passing on to them. That's what my love was. It wasn't, you know, coddling and it wasn't all the stuff that, you know, the self-help books tell you that you're supposed to do to self-help you know, books, to, you know, get rid of all the, all the nonsense that, um, you know, we, we have, we have been come to vilify as a, as a masculine power thing. And what people don't understand is it, it, it is not a, you know, it's not an abuse to be powerful. And to be powerful is to stand in that capacity that you have, which is to be capable of articulating a message and holding your ground, period. Well, and, and they now, I, you know, I had a, a coffee this morning with um, uh, a gentleman who frankly said to me, he goes, well, I'm just afraid to tell people what I think. And I go, so you're not authentic. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I guess I'm not. And I go, so you, you've let yeah. them train you to be afraid of who you are. You've let them yeah. train you on being afraid of what you represent and, and your values. They're, they've made you afraid of that. And he goes, yeah. And if you do, they're going to they're gonna smack you. So you can't be authentic. You can't. So what are your kids yeah, learning exactly right, right now? That's exactly right. And yeah, so anyhow, great to be here with you guys. Great to be here. Great to be here. Well, we got a bunch of things so, we want to talk to you about, but we yeah. want to give you give you the ability to tell people who you are, tell you a little bit about you. I read your bio; kind of very, very impressive. <laughs> yeah, I think it's important that people know who you are. Well, I, I'm a person who who came into this world knowing that he was on a mission, and he's never forgotten the mission. So that's who I really am. Uh, I've got all kinds of titles and all kinds of things that go behind my name, but the only thing that matters is I'm a man who is. Um, given a lot of talents, and I expect at one point in my life to be uh, giving an account for those talents. And there are a few words I live for, and that is well done, good and faithful servant. So that's what well, I live for. Well, um, the bio, the bio that I have is 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 the stuff that gives me the ability to um, probably do nothing more than when somebody says you're not qualified to speak. I'm pretty sure that I can shut almost anyone down in the room because there's not much that I haven't done at the highest level in the world in 168 countries. So, you know, I do have a bio that gives me a credential, but for this conversation, I mean, probably the meaningful things is I was a faculty member of the medical school at the University of Virginia in the early 90s. I set up the FDA clinical trials program for medical devices, which gives me a, a, a tiny bit of credibility to talk about things like clinical trials. I developed the platform to monitor biological and chemical weapons violations in 1998 and have done so ever since. I was the one who was the first to report on the weaponization of coronavirus in 2002. Um, and, you know, I, I've, been, I've been a prophet in the wilderness eating a whole lot of locusts about this stuff for a long time, trying to get people to pay attention to the fact that, that humanity is being led to its slaughter by a group of people who actually do not respect the fact that we are wonderfully and fearfully made and that we actually are not, you know, fodder for somebody's pathetic excuse of the digitalization and the virtualization of life. We are, in fact, 
sovereign beings and we are capable of great things if we are allowed to step into you know that which we were created for so um not just great things but we have the ability to generate antibodies we have the ability to ward off sickness you know, that's now some people can't <laughs> some people can't and they need exactly all the help right. that they can get right but the average yeah. person when they encounter a disease like covid as an example just as an example the vast majority of the people who encounter this disease who contract this disease get better get antibodies that protect them from the disease what we've seen yeah. from government from big business big pharma big tech the the media is an attempt to pretend that that isn't happening pretend that we don't have the ability to actually get better ourselves that natural antibodies mean nothing and I, I was mentioning this to you before. I know you didn't, haven't had a chance to watch it yet, so we'll watch a couple of clips here in a second. But Project Veritas came out with a, another bombshell. I mean, everyone, every one of their videos tends to be a bombshell these days, getting not one, not two, but three Pfizer scientists to admit over, like, dinner <laughs> on undercover recordings that natural antibodies are, are real, right, that um, not everyone needs the vaccine, that it's a money grab, right? And uh, and the companies are lying to everyone. So I'd love to get your take on some of these clips. Uh, well, Joe, did you have yeah, a chance I to mean, watch as, as you know, Max. Yeah, as you know, um, I, I pointed out that that in Australia and in Canada, and for that matter, here in the United States, we have purchased more vaccines than we have people, not by a simple multiplier. In the case of Canada, Canada has 10 times more vaccines than there are Canadians. Um, Australia is going for 11 times uh, the total population of Australia in purchased vaccines. Anybody who wants to pretend like this is some sort of life sciences, you know, or some sort of public health or some sort of any other game, I mean, is delusional. There is not a chance that Australia or Canada or the United States needs more vaccines than the sum of 10 times their population. Yeah, but that's sure. what we're buying. Yeah. I mean, so so this whole thing, and, and I pointed out that Justin Trudeau, who is the ultimate criminal up in Canada, who, who never disclosed to the population of Canada, or for that matter, to the rest of the world, that when he got his smug face on the camera and started talking about how vaccines were the only way out, what nobody talked about was that it is a Canadian company that actually owns the lipid nanoparticle technology that is required to put the vaccines into people's arms. So it is a Canadian self-interest economic gain. The reason why he's paying for this is it's a, it's, it's a money laundering system. I mean, he, he gets, yeah. you know, Pfizer BioNTech or he gets Moderna to, to be, you know, sold around the world and he's getting a recoup of every single thing that's sold. And, and you know that that's going on. The, the, the public knows what's going on. The public looks at numbers where you see hundreds of millions of vaccine doses being purchased. And you're sitting there going, hold on a minute. These things had to be stored at minus 80. They, they, they are not yeah. stable. Yeah. There's, like, there's all this stuff going on. And, and we're pretending that somehow or another, this is about public health. This is nothing more than racketeering. It's organized crime. It's what I've said all the way since the beginning. And the reason why I do not acknowledge COVID-19 as a disease, and the reason why I do not acknowledge SARS-CoV as a virus is for a simple reason. This is a bioweapons program. It is a bioweapons program that we need to call what it is. 
there are in fact people who are casualties of domestic and international terrorism, which is what this is. And if we stop pretending like this is some sort of medical issue and we started actually acknowledging what it is, which is a weaponization of nature against humanity, we'd actually have a more fulsome conversation. And it's just come out that in Wuhan, China, this just came out yesterday, that they're now finding evidence that in Wuhan, China, they were stocking up on the testing months oh, yeah. before the first case ever happened, that they were preparing for the testing. They were preparing with the PPE on a, on a, on a massive scale before the yep. first case was ever even reported months. I think it was back in, in May of 2019 is when they were stocking up on all this stuff. So well, remember, <laughs> it's getting remember harder. That the, remember that the coronavirus poised for human emergence was announced in 2016. Yeah, well, you they, heard they've that been date, setting, right? They, they've, been set, they've been setting this up for years. And I, and I yeah, think that, so, so. Yeah, you're exactly right, Joe. Go ahead. But but the bigger part, the bigger problem that I have, the bigger problem that I have is that the American people haven't woken up to the fact that this tribalization that, that you said you've been in 168 nations, this tribalization that we're setting our society up for to where we have different groups of people that are attacking other groups of people. It's not a mistake that they brought racial divide into it. It's not a mistake that they brought the vaccine oh, no. in as the thing to divide us as people vaccinated, unvaccinated. Now you're building in separate groups that then will start attacking themselves while the aristocratic elite and the people at the top sit there, eat their popcorn and watch us devour each other. And, and you could say that that doesn't happen, but I sit on both sides of the tracks. My dad's black, my mom's white, my whole family's interracial. I know all about this. My brother was murdered by a police officer four years ago. So I, I, can, I can see that I, I'm, I'm torn in different areas by certain events yeah. that have happened to me in my life. And so I know how polarizing it can be for the, the don't have access to both sides or all sides or a multidimensional side of what's happening in our society. And I've traveled extensively to the Middle East and Africa. I was a negotiator there for many years. And so in knowing all of this stuff that I know, you look at what's happened with COVID-19, you look at what's happened with the vaccine, and it's nonsensical, which brings me to the fact that we're dealing with Project Veritas, which they seem to say that they're not debunking it anymore. They're just hoping that people don't see these things where you have a scientist right. that came out and said natural immunity is always better than having a vaccine. And if you have natural immunity, you shouldn't take the vaccine. Pretty well, big deal. This is something we've known all along. I mean, it's disingenuous. I mean, let's let's unpack what we we continue to call a vaccine, which it isn't. And and I'm one of the few people that continues to to hammer this point home. Gene therapy in their know. own in their own SEC filing. Moderna calls this a gene therapy because the FDA calls it a gene therapy. And the fact of the matter is, when you inject mRNA into a person, what you're doing is you're trying to not stimulate an immunity. You're trying to tell the body to make a protein. And the protein, as a foreign protein, is then supposed to stimulate an immunity. But think about what I just said. The first objective is not to build immunity. The first objective is to turn your body into a manufacturing agent for a foreign toxin. That's what the injection is. We need to stop BSing the public and pretending like this is some sort of immune boost. It is not. It is a toxin production facility which turns your body into a bioweapons factory. And then you hope that having instructed your body to do that, you then hope that your body responds properly. I mean, think about how ridiculous that is. That's like, that's like going into a restaurant, dumping salt into whatever dish is being prepared, 
and then telling the chef, I'd prefer if it's not too salty. Like, you, you wouldn't do that. That, that. that is an insanely stupid operation, and that is, in fact, what we're doing. So we're, we're saying, on the one hand, we're trying to stimulate an immune system, but we're telling the human body to build a pathogen. Well, you saw that the, that the CDC actually changed the definition because the old yes. definition didn't match. If we go ahead and put up my screen, we've covered this before. If you put up my screen, Mr. Producer, the new definition of a vaccine here we go, is a preparation that is used to stimulate the body's immune response um, to against diseases. Vaccines are usually administered through needle injections, but some can be administered through, by mouth or sprayed into the nose. Vaccination is the act of introducing a vaccine to the body to produce protection from a specific disease. It used to make you immune. That, that The definition used to say to give you immunity. Now it just says protection. It's pretty obvious admission that, that it's not, at least in the current ones, aren't creating immunity and they're, and they're well, admitting but, it. Otherwise, even, they wouldn't have changed the definition. Yeah, but even in their own definition, remember that this is supposed to be about protecting you from a disease. But let's get really clear on the fact. We are injecting an mRNA instruction to build a spike protein. This is not to make SARS the virus not infect you. Like, so, so we're not protecting from an infection. We're protecting from a very particular binding property of what we call SARS-CoV. But here's the nasty part. We are actually not using a natural version of the spike protein. We're using a computer simulated, yep. synthesized and averaged version of that, which was handed to Moderna by Ralph Barrick from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill in November of 2019. Listen to that date. Doesn't remember. November doesn't 2019. Remember. So a month before, yeah. a month before there was any SARS-CoV-2, he was sending spike protein instructions to Moderna through the Vaccine Research Center at NIAID. This whole story falls apart on its own evidence, and nobody is paying attention. And most egregious, you guys are in Texas. Barrick is a doctor. Your Barrick attorney general who worked with Xi. Yeah. Your attorney general so in Texas refuses, refuses to take this information and look at it. Refuses. Well, I don't think it's and a refusal. I, I, th I think it's a com complicit behavior. Well, it's refusal because I was actually invited to meet with them two weeks ago. And when I got there, rather than meeting with the head of, of legal strategy, which was what I was supposed to be doing at Ken Paxton's office, what I was was I was downstairs two floors from the seventh floor to the fifth floor. And the guy I met with was a junior staff attorney working on face mask litigation for employment law. This, this, is, this is willfully burying the evidence. And there are Texans and Americans and people all around the world dying because no law enforcement officer is willing to take on the mob. And this is no different yeah. than Chicago in the 20s. The, the Capone of today is, is Fauci, whoa. but that's whoa. what it is. Whoa, 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 whoa. Dr. Martin, Max, did you hear what he just said? It's the mob. And what did I say? And, and Dr. Martin, we've never mob, had a right? conversation. But I'm going to tell you, we're going to have more we conversations have now. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's why. When, when we have meetings for FEC United, which is Faith, Education, and Commerce, we'll have three to 500 yeah. people minimum that show up every week. 
you're out having these conversations with these places. Where are you having conversations with the American people? Other than right here. But where are you having these regular conversations? Well, my wife and I have been doing every week the Butterfly of the Week show, which is viewed by about uh, as many as 5 million people um, you know, globally. Uh, we have our daily show, which is the Activate Humanity show. Um, we have, you know, we have probably anywhere from a few hundred thousand to a few million people, depending on the episode, depending on what we're talking about. And then I'm traveling all over the place, Joe and Max. I'm, you know, I'm lecturing next month or actually this month. I'll be in in um, Yuba City, California at the Church of Glad Tidings the uh, two weeks from now, uh, the 14, 15 and 16 of October. Um, the next week, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City at the uh, Week in Act uh, event there. I'm going to be in Dallas, Texas on November the 5th, um, and I'm going to be talking to a, a large group there. I'm going to be at the Red Pill Expo in Lafayette, Louisiana, um, November 6th and 7th. You know, I've traveled all over the world and, and all over the country on this one, and what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to encourage any law enforcement agent to actually get in front of the fact that this is racketeering. And let's break it down so that we're really clear on this. In 2003, the CDC built the platform, which is the racketeering platform. They own the patent on the virus. They own the patent on the diagnostic and they own the patents on the therapeutics. There's 4,000 patents that filed since then. Every single one of them has to go through the NIH because that's where all of the control of coronavirus lives. And here's where it gets nasty. It gets nasty in that they built the weapon systems, which are in fact no different from any other shakedown which is I'm going to build a pathogen. And they specifically said, we're going to make something that is infectious and replication defective. What does that mean? That's a weapon. That is a weapon. Yeah. That is what a weapon is. It is meant to target the human lung epithelium. It's meant to target the human vascular system. It was designed to harm humanity. Well, it's designed to create chaos because as you kill people and create chaos, yeah, you, you actually get to the point where you have depopulation. There's a lot of different things that can happen as a result of that. It's exactly right. But the fact of the matter is then you have the actual elements of racketeering. You have interlocking directorates. You have the Chinese State Council's CDC. You have our CDC. You have NIAID. You have Anthony Fauci sitting on a common board in September of 2019 saying that the world has to do a respiratory pathogen event. The World at Risk event, World Health Organization, September 2019. They actually planned a mass domestic terrorism act in every single country on earth, pulled it off, and then announced that the person or the entity that was going to control the outcome, that which was going to emerge, was predetermined before the event happened. So what they did was they suppressed all treatment alternatives, created the illusion that the only way out was a vaccine, and then handed the vaccine contract not to pharmaceutical companies, but to a weapons contractor in South Carolina. ATI, the South Carolina weapons contractor, is the one that got the contract for Operation Warp Speed, $6 billion, and they subcontracted to Moderna, to Pfizer, and to the other manufacturers of vaccines. This was a weapons program, and it went through a weapons contractor. So anybody who sits there and tells me this is some sort of BS story about public health is missing all of the facts. This is mob racketeering. This is going into people's butcher shops with a can of gasoline and saying, wouldn't be unfortunate if I burn your place down. So by the way, follow my rules or I'm gonna burn your place down. This is a yeah. protection racket. This is a criminal conspiracy. 
And every AG in this country is chicken shit because they're unwilling to stand up and actually defend the oath that they took, which is to defend the citizens of their states. There is not an AG in this country that's willing to do the right thing. And what does that tell you about the AGs in this country? That they are almost governor. That AG is a position of political aspiration. It has nothing to do with law enforcement. It has nothing to do with protecting the American people. That's exactly right. Right. So at what point? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I I yield. No, I'm on a roll. I yield. No, no. Be on a roll. Let's go. Let's go. Listen, people. Listen. The the point is, we actually pretend like we have a tripartite government, that we have a judiciary, that we have an executive, and that we have a legislative. And people, we have to understand that the entire way organized crime works is they, in fact, take out the judiciary. That's how it works. When you get judges on the take, when you get AGs on the take, when you get U.S. attorneys on the take, when you get prosecutors on the take, then the rest of the system falls. And we're pretending like this is a problem because governors are doing stupid executive orders. They are doing stupid executive orders. So don't get me wrong there. But the problem is that the law enforcement side of this country has decided to sit back and do absolutely nothing. And every time I mean, listen, when I sat down with the head guy who was working on this face mask litigation in Texas, I I asked him point blank because it. It turns out that I don't give a shit what it is we're talking about when it comes to the actual what is going on in this full full pandemic. There's nobody on the planet who knows more details about this than I do because I've been following it longer than anybody else. Not because I'm smarter. I've just been following it since 2002. So that's why I know what I know. But I asked him, what are you doing in Texas about the Carlisle study? And he looked at me and he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, "Okay." There is a study, sorry, not Carlisle, McIntyre, C.R. McIntyre, who is the only researcher who's ever studied face mask use and the only one that's ever done it in a controlled clinical trial and came to the conclusion that cloth face masks over three years increase influenza-like illness by people wearing the mask. And I looked at this person who's handling Texas's legal case on face masks. I said, what are you doing about the C.R. McIntyre study? And he said, I'm not familiar with that study. It is the only study in the world that meets the Federal Trade Commission Act requirement for a appropriate non-deceptive medical practice. It's the only study in the world that's ever been done. And your AG's office looked at me like I'd grown a second head and said, what study? Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like they are all that interested in actually winning the case. It's, they're it's, not. It's like they're this just trying to get a clip service. Scoring points. This is about letting Ken Paxton run around and raise money by pretending to do something where no one's holding him accountable to say, you know what? You're letting Texans die so you can get reelected. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. So we're going to play a couple of these clips of the Project Veritas video on Pfizer. But before we do, got to remind everyone that this podcast is sponsored by Air Medicare Network. Air Medicare Network, the premier insurance plan to cover your entire household should any of you ever suffer a medical emergency and need to be airlifted to a hospital. Uh, it starts at just $85 for one year, and that covers you, your spouse, your household. So if you have kids living at home with you, your household. If you have to get flown to a hospital, it can cost upwards of sixty grand in some cases. Don't risk your financial future 
because we don't get to decide when an emergency strikes. We don't get to decide how we go to the hospital. So when you sign up with Air Med Care Network at the link in our description, airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily, and then you use promo code daily, they're going to give you up to $50 back depending on how many years you sign up for. It's free money. So again, go to airmedcarenetwork.com forward slash daily and use promo code daily to get up to $50 back. So let's um let, let's get into this and um and do, do we can we keep you on for a couple more minutes David is that okay? Absolutely. Absolutely okay. guys. Okay. Um so let's let's go and and play this first part of the clip. I I try to break it up as much as I can cuz project Veritas clips sometimes repeat themselves. Um but let's play the uh, cut one. This is uh, the first part of their undercover getting Pfizer scientists to admit to the stuff that we're not supposed to know. Let's play cut one. Yeah. When somebody is naturally um, immune, like they got COVID, um, they probably have better, like not better, but more antibodies against the virus. Because what the vaccine is, is like I said, that protein that's just on the outside. So it's just one antibody against one specific part of the virus. When you actually get the virus, you're going to start producing antibodies against like multiple pieces of virus. And not only just like the outside portion, like the inside portion and the actual virus. So your antibodies are probably better at that point than the vaccination. But don't take his word for it. Two other Pfizer scientists echo the same sentiment. So I mean, well protected? Like as much as the vaccine? Probably more. How so? Like how much more? You're protected most likely for longer since it was a natural response. We're like bred and taught to be like, like vaccine is safer than, than actually getting COVID. You cannot like talk about this in public. If you have antibodies built up, like you should be able to prove that you have those built up. I mean, I still feel like I work for like an evil corporation. We're trying to keep track of everyone that's been vaccinated versus the census of how many people are actually reported. Basically, our organization is run on COVID money now. You don't talk about anything that can possibly implicate you or like big pharma. Um, like even if you shut the door to the office, it's kind of like, who's listening? I specifically have like, oh God, I, I signed. So <laughs> it got cut off towards the end, but he, he admits like, oh God, I've signed NDAs against this understanding that he's yep. not supposed to be admitting it. I don't know how Project Veritas does this. I don't know if they're just going on Tinder dates and they're just opening up or if they're getting catfished or something. Um, but whatever they're doing, they're getting all of these scientists to admit stuff that we knew all along, but the powers that be have just been telling us is a lie. What's your take on it, David? Well, I mean, remember, and, and I've said this so many times I can't count, but you guys, because I will not go on a show without reciting this, remember that Peter Daszak, who is the guy who is the veterinarian who laundered money to China, remember that his quote in 2015 was, and I quote, we need the public to accept a medical countermeasure like a pan-coronavirus vaccine. We need the media to create the hype, and we need to use that hype to our advantage to get to the real issues 
investors will follow if they see profit at the end of the process. That is a quote from the guy who now is so impalatable in his ethical lapses that Lancet, which has yeah, been the front the of running this whole program, Lancet has now even found him too odious to keep on their committee. So remember, the guy who built the pathogen and was the go-between between NIAID and Eco Fauci Health and the Chinese in Wuhan. EcoHealth Alliance. EcoHealth Alliance. Peter Daszak is so toxic now that his own cronies won't keep him around because he actually admitted that this was a racketeering exercise in 2015. People, that was published in February of 2016 in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. Now listen to what I'm saying, because this is critical. The World Health Organization had declared coronavirus eradicated in 2008. Why in 2015 would Peter Daszak say we need the public to accept a pan-coronavirus vaccine? Why would, why would that statement be made? That statement would be made because this is a criminal conspiracy of domestic terrorism. Section 802 of the Patriot Act. These are people who are committing felony violations. And do you think that there is any law enforcement agent anywhere in this country no. who actually cares at all? But it's a sleeper cell. It's a sleeper cell environment. We're, we're dealing with the same thing. We're, we're dealing with a sleeper, sleeper cell environment where they have demasculated. They have taken courage out of it. No thought leadership. No ability to step out and do the right thing. We put people in positions of power and authority who can be controlled. And that's what we're dealing yep. with across every our well, judiciary's compromised because it didn't step out and do the right thing. It's dismissed on on standing many, many cases across the nation dealing with the right not to have a vaccine put in your body. Right. We've seen VAERS, which is far behind the actual statistics of people being adversely affected by vaccines. We're dealing it, with right now a breakdown of just the constructs of ethical behavior across every nation. I mean, across the globe. That's exactly right. Joe, you know, and, and I know that you guys have some really great spokespeople for, for getting the public informed there in Texas, people like Del Bigtree and others. I think it's important for everybody listening to this show to realize that VAERS is a smokescreen. And I'll tell you why. VAERS is statutorily required for the Childhood Vaccination Injury Reporting System under the 1986 Act. We actually are not under that act with these coronavirus injections. The coronavirus injections are under what's called the CICP. Now, most of you don't even know what that is. That is the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program, CICP. It's part of the 2005 PREP Act. And the problem with that is that people are actually talking about VAERS, failing to understand that VAERS is a childhood injury vaccine reporting system, not an adult vaccine reporting system. So what's happened is they've created, and this is exactly what you're talking about with a sleeper cell. They've created a story around a reporting system where all of us are talking about VAERS. Nobody knows about CICP. Nobody does. And everybody's asking, okay, where's the real data? Well, the real data under CICP is held by, are you ready for this? The manufacturers. It's not a public database. The manufacturers hold the CICP data. That's like telling a bank robber to keep the evidence of the codes of the safe of the freaking bank that he robbed. Like, we, 
we we are we are not talking about how egregious you're exactly right but we're not even talking about how egregious this crime is we are dealing with a system where the CICP has no public recording requirement at all we're talking about VARES. we are being told that there have been no investigations conclusively showing that the vaccine caused or you know contributed to the death or the injury or whatever else and then when you go to ask for the actual CICP data, you know what you find? No pathology Not reports, yeah. no clinical data, no information. And the reason is because under CICP, under the PREP Act, you don't have to keep it. We so, are murdering <laughs> humanity, literally murdering humanity. And there is nobody holding anyone accountable, and even the people who are talking about it are talking about a system that is not part of the PREP Act. So is it just money? Is it just money? Because obviously we have that. Oh, it's something. Where There's admitting. something else. I, I wish, I, it, has to be more I wish it was. I wish it was. But listen, this is about evil, and we need to call it what it is. This is the smell of sulfur a million miles away. You you can't you cannot come to the conclusion that this is motivated only by finance. It is lubricated, to be sure, by finance. But this is about a system which has allowed the organization of criminal operations to take over for what was supposed to be a democratic system about the house on the hill, to use Tocqueville's quote of the great American experiment. This was supposed to be a place where law and order and decency were how we governed ourselves. And we have handed the keys of this kingdom over to a conspiracy of individuals who want to exterminate the unnecessary. Remember, this is the language that they used in 2014, but it's the language they used in 1914 as well. The undesirables. This is eugenics 101. Has to be more than money because if Pfizer really wanted to make money, they'd want people to survive so that they could buy Viagra, right? I mean that that's the right. money maker. Like you, you wouldn't want to kill off not anymore, ma- not anymore. Men. You'd want them to buy their Viagra, profit, so it has to be more than margin, money. Yeah, their profit margin now is is seventy seventy one percent of their free profit is coming from the vax. So 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 you know you talk about just being money, and. And Dr. Barton, you started this conversation with your faith in God, right? Led by faith. No question. Your Lord and Savior. And no I question. Will, I will tell you that the evil that we deal with is, is unbelievable in this day and age, and it has infected us like a cancer across our society, not just here, but across the globe. Well, I, I gave a... I gave a talk out at the Church of Glad Tidings in Yuba City, California. I'm going back out there in, in a week and a half. Um, if your viewers haven't seen it, it's worth watching because I actually went through the, um, the story that we have in the Gospels of the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. And it's funny because that temptation story, we often you know, mistell as a kind of hero's journey story of Jesus. And that's not why we were told that story. Jesus told us that story so that we could actually learn the anatomy of how evil works. Because evil uses the same trick. And by the way, Fauci is using this trick. The first thing you do is stones into bread. You take something in nature and you actually find something to transform it into. So the alchemy transaction is always evil's first move. We're going to take nature and we're going to reorder it. 
And what's Jesus' response? He goes, hey, man shall not live by bread alone, right? So, so that's, that's response number one. And then the devil ups the game. What's the second thing? I'm going to take you to the temple, which is the iconic symbol of, of where power was in the time, right? And then I'm going to ask you to throw yourself off the temple and the angels will come and catch you, okay? What was that? That was about I'm going to take you to a place where I'm going to tell you that you're going to have to rely on technology to save you, okay? Same story. We're, we're doing it right now. And then the third one was what? Take you to the high mountain, show you the kingdoms of the world, say, if all you do is bow down to me, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. That's the vaccine passport. Listen, evil is always known because it always uses the same gimmicks. The first one is reorder natural priorities. The second one is rely on technology rather than on your divinity and your connection with the divine. And the third is always, 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 I'm going to deprive you of access until you kneel down and change the who you are. Because the minute you kneel down and change who you are, you're not going to experience the kingdoms of the world because you're not going to be you anymore. You're going to be manipulated and controlled and you will forever be compromised. And the issue is we as a civilized society and largely as a Christian influenced society at its foundation, we haven't told the story correctly. Because we're telling this story as though it's some sort of celebration of, wow, wasn't Jesus amazing? You know, he picked the devil. No, Jesus was doing us a favor. He was teaching us how to recognize that Fauci is an agent of evil. Because what did he do? He started with nature. He started with coronavirus and he reordered it. He said, make it something it isn't. Make it a vaccine vector for HIV. And when that wasn't good enough, he said, well, hold on a minute. We want people to have a universal influenza vaccine. But the problem is all of us aren't afraid of influenza. So what we have to do yeah. is we have to manufacture a pathogen where we have to rely on technology. So we accept a universal, Peter Daszak's own words, we have to accept a universal vaccine. And then the last step, the last step is I'm going to deprive you of travel. I'm going to deprive you of freedom. I'm going to yeah. take you to the top of the world and show you the kingdoms of the world and say, if only you get this injection, if only you modify your RNA, I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. People, if it smells like sulfur, freaking run the other way. It is evil. That's what it is. And we were told that and we were taught that 2,000 years ago. And I'm telling you what, go to every church in America right now. And what you'll find is that nobody can preach the sermon I just preached because we're not teaching the fact that this is for our instruction. This is for our discernment. This is for us to understand what reality is about and how to recognize evil when it comes. So Fauci just came out and declared that there's not a single major religion in the country that will give just a blanket exemption for the vaccine. Correct. So why is it? So, I mean, that's and, not and that's, true. That's, 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 not that's, true. that's misrepresenting that's what true. it means because you can have a deeply held religious belief that is not necessarily dogmatic in the faith itself but, but, but you can but still remember but so, remember here's a guy here's a guy who trained at a school that celebrated the crusades yeah this is a guy whose school mascot for his basketball team was crusaders this is a guy who's willing to send people to their death without actually ever talking about what the gospel is or what anything good is. It's about being right. 
And the fact of the matter is he has no problem lying and he's lied in public. He's admitted lying in public and he's told us they are noble lies. They are lies that needed to be told. Guess what? There is no such thing as a noble lie. A lie is a lie, period. So why do you think why do you think all of the major religions and that's not a complete blanket, but but like Catholicism, different sects of Judaism, none of them are coming out and saying that getting the vaccine violates the core tenets of their dogmatic faith. Why do you think I will take you not every top of the mountain? I will take you to the top of the mountain. I will show you the kingdoms of the world. I'll just ask you to kneel down and I'll give you everything. Listen. This is the oldest transaction ever. And the fact of the matter is people are doing it because we, the people, have fallen asleep. We, the people, have allowed our leadership to take us into the green pastures and not up the mountain pass. And it is time for us to realize that that road is broad that leads to destruction. And the road that doesn't lead to destruction is a freaking hard road to be on. But guess what? We started this with Joe talking about where are the men. Well, the men need to freaking strap the pack on and start walking up the rocky road because we cannot rely on religious leaders. We cannot rely on religion. We can't rely on anything that is a man-made institution because right now you know what is right. You know what's right. And it's time for us to do what is right, not to actually try to give get somebody else to blame for the fact that we failed to do what is right. So I'm going to ask you a question. It's going to be a hard question for you to answer. I, I, I no, I love away. hard questions. I Joe. won't shy away from this. <laughs> so I, I, I often tell people I'm from the south side of heaven. I'm the guy that stands up regardless of how popular it may be. Um, I stood up in the election fraud deal. I've stood up to... In multiple ways, I built this organization, stepped away as a CEO of a very, very successful tech company, walked away from the ability to get the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year uh, Award because they said, hey, if you don't stop this, you're not going to win. I was a finalist in 2020. Um, I've, I've often made sacrifices towards the things that are unpopular. And now I believe that we're at that place where the only thing that will stop us from going this further, going further in this kind of takeover humanity is for men to step in the gap is to get to the streets, do what they're doing in, in, in uh, Australia. And frankly, we are like a 500,000 pound gorilla that's being ruled by a string tied to a fence. that's not even in the ground. I say it all the time. That's where we are right now. And I think that we have to, we, we believe that, that our wives and our, our children want us to bring home the bread. I believe they want us to look past that one week, one month, they want us to look 20 years down the road and say, what is our society going to be if we don't stand up today? I think we're at that point where I'm not calling for violence, but I am calling for us to step in the gap. And if they are violent against us, at that point, we're not calling for violence. We are reacting to their bad behavior. And they have done nothing but destroy everything that our country stands for. So when do we stand up and say, hey, look, I'm calling in for a holiday. Do we, do we wait until we're too weak? Do we wait until the weak has overcome the strong? by depriving us of food, where are we at, in your opinion, as it, re- as it relates to the, the running down the hill and, and defeating this evil? Well, I have been told many times that I'm allegedly courageous for speaking out. And you know that, you know, I got blacklisted by being the, the, the 
primary resource for Mickey Willis's second film, Plandemic Indoctrination, which became the largest screen feature documentary in history of humanity. And I lost Joe, family members, friends, like everything fell away. Um, you know, I, I have had all sorts of reprisals from our government, from other governments for what I've done. And the fact of the matter is it has emboldened me because here's what I know. I told you at the beginning that I know which way I salute. The way I salute is I was entrusted with much. I'm accountable for more. What does that mean? That means that I had access to information. I had access to influence. I had access to everything. I was handed the opportunity to have the kingdoms of the world. And every one of those was, in fact, nothing more than a temptation to pull me off of my game. My game is one thing and one thing only, which is I happen to have the beauty of a life very well lived where I don't have a skeleton in my closet. I don't have anything that somebody can use to hold against me. You want to put anything up on the list of what Dave Martin has done, guess what? I will own all of it. I won't be proud of all of it, but I will own all of it because I actually am a person who has lived. And that means I've done something I'm super proud of, and I've done something I'm not super proud of, but I will own every single one of those things. And what I found was that there is nothing that can touch you if you stand on the bedrock of integrity. You cannot be harmed. You cannot be jeopardized. You cannot take from me what I cannot give you. And when it comes to people, and I've been in conflict regions all over the world, I've had people shove guns into my ribs and say, I'm going to take your life. And I look at every one of them, and my response is the same. You cannot take what I cannot give. This is not my life. This is the life that was entrusted to me. And as long as it's serving the purpose for which it was meant to be, I'm going to be protected. And the day it's no longer in service, guess what? I've got a use-by date on me somewhere. I don't know where it is, but somewhere I'm, you know, stale milk and I get thrown out with, with the stale milk. I don't care. Because as long as I have breath and as long as I have life, Joe, my job is to be singularly focused on bringing light into the darkness. That's my job. And it doesn't matter where it is and it doesn't matter who it is. And I will not be silent. And I will not be intimidated. And the reason why I'm doing this is no different from when David walked down into that valley with Goliath. You know? You know what? I, when he walked down into that valley, what did Saul try to do? He said, put on my armor, put on my sword, put on my helmet, put on all this kind of stuff. And David had to say to Saul, dude, here's my game. My game is I'm a shepherd. I do a slingshot really well. I do river stones really well. I don't do all the earth shit. And I don't need to. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go down in the valley. I'm going to take what I am. And I'm going to be purely in the power of what I was created to do. And I will not sit by and let a single life suffer. You know, I should probably not say what I said about Ken Paxton to a group of people in Texas. But guess what? Ken Paxton defiled his oath to my face. Guess what? I'm going to hold him accountable. Well, I got to tell you, whew, I mean, I, I, I don't typically get that thing that comes up over your body. I, I like to say it's the Holy Spirit where you just get this, this tingling that goes through your entire body where you know that you're, you know, in brothers in arms. Yep. Uh, I, I live my life the way you've lived your life. And, um, yeah, I have things that I'm not proud of. I have been in 
conflict areas. I've been shot at. I've had a gun put to my head. I've seen things that most people, I've seen kids die of the common cold. I've been all over the world. And the thing that you talk about most is standing up for others, is being courageous and doing those things exactly that can right. help save humanity. That is how I've lived my life. And for most people that are out there in positions of leader, like Ken Paxton, they can't understand that because it's always been self-serving. Yeah. It's always been about them. Exactly right. And, you know, there's three types of interest, I say. There's self-interest, sacrificial interest, and then there's mutual interest in the middle. And people often say, Joe, you're, you're in this sacrificial part. Put your, put your mask on first. And I would tell you that that is not the way you live your life, Dr. Martin. You live your life in mutual interest because there is a mutual benefit to saving others and having that's them live exactly their life right. in integrity and live their life in courage. And I think that's, exactly that's, right. that, that's the part that, that we have to hold on to is that when we lead from the front, and you say, Saul, put on all this armor. And he's like, nah, I got this. I often tell the story of that from a perspective of the real world, that he gets out of his Mini Cooper, runs down there, right? Picks up a couple rocks, says, hey, look, I'm going to listen to some music before I run down there, run down there, and bam, right? But we, we, have, we have got to stop picking and choosing which parts of the Bible we, we conveniently That's follow. That's exactly right. And we've got to that get to that. exactly right. We've got to get to a place where we... we we love the Lord with all of our heart. We love our neighbor. But look, I have time to pray over someone after I'm done winning the battle. And I think the men of this country need to grow some. They need to stop thinking that I need I to go make a dollar. Couldn't agree more. And, but I think they are waking up. But the women have held it together. I mean, the women are the 80-20 rule. And that means it used to be 80% of the work is done by 20%. No, nah, no. Nah. It's 80% are women doing all the work and 20% of the men... Yeah that are standing up are still standing behind going, Hey babe, you got that? Hey, whew. yeah, that guy exactly. over there, shoot him first. All right. I gotta get back to work. <laughs> There's a lack of courage, a lack of basic courage. That's exactly right. Well, David, I, I want to thank you for sticking around a little longer. It was a, an excellent discussion. Um, where can people find you if they want to find your show or, or any of the other things you're involved with? Yeah, davidmartin.world is where you can find uh, kind of my stuff. Uh, the Fully Live Academy is where my wife, Kim, and my content is, is up. And fullylive.world, um, you get to see the sparkly, glowy side of my life, which is my amazing wife. And she is, she is nothing but emojis and sparkling unicorns and whatever else. And just not, not, not this boring, boring old Mennonite <laughs> farmer. But um, that's all right, because... Um, She's cool. Um, and, and listen, uh, um, we're, we're, we're going all over the country. We are, Kim and my uh, weekly shows, Mondays, it's on YouTube, it's on Facebook, it's on all the different platforms. Um, it's called Butterfly of the Week. We take on a bunch of these issues. Um, and then activatehumanity.com if you want to see the daily show, um, 4 o'clock Eastern. We try to do a daily show several times a week where we, uh, you know, we get out and Get out in front of a lot of topics, and and James Perper and I talk about kind of whatever is is uh, unfolding at the time. There's a lot of ways to find us, but the best way to find us, people, listen. The best way to find us is meet up. You know, I told you where we're going to be. It's it's you know Yuba City, California. It's Salt Lake City. It's uh, Dallas, Texas. It's Lafayette, Louisiana. In the next five weeks, meet up. Um, we we need and, and Joe and Max. 
you know, I love, I love these conversations, but I love even more when we can meet in the flesh because the yeah. energy of connecting with people and knowing that we're standing together is the way 300 beat a million at Thermopylae. And we have the ability to be the 300 to stand against the hordes. We have that ability, but we must stand together. And um, so anytime we can meet and, and break bread and fellowship, that's, that's what I'm about. Excellent. excellent. I, I think that meat in the flesh, I think, is is very powerful, very powerful. Yeah. And I think that people have to, you know, I, I, I talk about Clay Clark when he said, oh, you know, I got to go to soccer practice. Oh, I got to go do this. That's where we are. Hey, the world is burning. I got to go have, I, I got to go to, I got to take my kid over here to the, the roller rink. It's almost as if we're ignoring the, the what's happening in the world to the benefit of teaching our children to keep your head in the sand, keep your head in the sand, not realizing that the, the sand is filling with water and we're going to drown our own children. Yeah. Well, yeah. I appreciate today's conversation, guys. Look forward right, to God the next time you. we see you. Hope, hope to see you somewhere uh, down south before long. You will. For sure. Thank you All so right, much for joining us. Right. You bet. That was a conversation with Dr. David Martin, PhD. Um, yeah, no, it was a great conversation. People are saying they love the conversation, so uh, make sure you hit the share button. I know Facebook's being a little weird with the share button, especially when we start talking about vaccines, but if you can't hit that share button, if not, copy any of the links from Facebook, DLive, Twitch, any of the places that we are. You can copy those links. You can share them directly on your different social platforms, not even just on Facebook, wherever you are. Um, any final thoughts, Joe, before we wrap up? No, I, you know, we didn't get to get to all the things that we wanted to talk about today. Um, no, but we let the conversation kind of guide us. We, we got yeah. a little bit in. Maybe, so, maybe we'll uh, cover a little bit of the video tonight. On Thursday, this is something everyone needs to know. On Thursday, we will be, uh, we will have, everyone ready for this? We will have Dave Logan um, from Cyber Ninjas will be on. That will be a live show. Haven't figured out the format of it. I don't know if it'll be me, Max, and David Logan, if it'll be just me and David Logan. Um, and the reason why I say that is because I want to give him front-facing opportunity to speak. So my guess is it might even be Max and Dave Logan. We haven't figured it out yet. But we want to give him an opportunity to speak. And one of the reasons why I want to give him an opportunity to speak is because, um, you know, I shared the uh, draft. And it came out in multiple places that that's a, a fake draft. Turns out it's not a fake draft. It's just not an approved draft. And it wasn't it was one a draft. That, it was a draft. Yeah. And the, one of the people on his team um, did that. But more importantly is I had a long conversation with David Logan. Now, I was, I was pretty upset at him. Or excuse me, Doug Logan. Did I say Dave Logan? Did I say Dave Logan? Yeah. Doug Logan. What is wrong with me? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I had a very long conversation with Doug and it started out, I mean, I, and I had to end up apologizing to him, asking for forgiveness because I, you know, he's one of the truly good people. He's one of the people that, frankly, I, when I met him, the spirit of who he was was hard to ignore. Uh, a man of great integrity, a man that is very thoughtful, that operates his life um, as an example for his children and his family, um, follows the Lord and does things according to the principles of the Bible, not just one part of it, but all of it. And so when I first started, Max, I sent a conversation. I sent a text message to him saying, I thought you were one of the good guys. I was wrong. <laughs> and he fired back in a way that said, you know, that 
that, uh, you know, was, well, you know, I, of all the people out there that would judge me, I thought you would be the last. And I said, uh, um, well, and then I fired back again. And then he called me, he picked up the phone, and he called me. And we had a conversation for about an hour and a half, which I thought, um, you know, the, the perspective that he had and the things that he was telling me um, was, you know, daunting in one side because it's not just it's not just Democrats that are working against the better interests of the people. And I knew that. But I wanted you to get an opportunity to listen directly from Doug. I want Doug to be able to tell you directly what happened in the Maricopa audit and, and the fact that they are still hiding information from us. They hid the routers from us. Over 50% of the, the images for the ballots are gone. They're disappeared. They won't, they won't even provide them. So they, they don't want to give us all the information, which will show all of the fraud. They don't want to do that. They just, here's the paper ballots. Good luck with it. And I, I had some questions for him. But I will tell you that uh, you know, his perspective on what happened in the Maricopa audit was that we have a, we have a cancer, kind of like Dr. David Martin was talking about. We have a cancer in our society that is, that is naturally disgusting. It's naturally evil. And we have to be able to cut that out. And so I want you to hear directly from Doug on his thoughts of what happened with the Maricopa audit. So that will be on Thursday. And I know that many people have been saying that we did not get the... Um, uh, text message out. I'll apologize in advance if you're listening to this. Uh, we'll we'll make I sure we get it. it out. I scheduled it. And I did everything right, and yeah. then Mr. Producer scheduled it. We tried to reschedule. He did everything right, and it still didn't go out. So it's broken. So we gotta get our tech people on it because um, yeah. they were fiddling around with it, and I think they might have accidentally broke it. But we'll see. Um, so that's gonna be it for this edition of the podcast. If you like the podcast, make sure you subscribe to the audio version. All of those links are um, are on the description you can find on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify pandora iHeartRadio, radio tune in podbean also audible audible so if, if you like listening to podcasts and audible you can now find us there as well we go live at 11 a.m eastern 7 p.m eastern so make sure you check that out T join our text alert system by texting the word freedom to 89517 also make sure you check out the link for our email newsletter if you haven't signed up for that already please do that's going to be it for this edition of the podcast. My name is Max McGuire. And my name is Joe Oltman. Remember, everyone, that the fight to take back our country is not over yet, but the only way we win is if we all stand up and fight together.